Hey there, and welcome to the One Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media. Uh, well, my name's Greg. Uh, me and my beautiful wife, Amy, are the youth pastors here at One Church Gloucester. And it's uh, my privilege, really, to bring uh, this morning's message to you. And just to, to try and set up what we're doing this morning, um, I'd like to bring you into um, a bit of a conversation we've, we've been having as part of a leadership team of this church, if that's all right. And um, in our recent conversations, prayer meetings, Zoom calls, um, we felt that God is leading us as a church into a new space. We feel that, that God is shifting us a little bit, that God is preparing us, and that what he's preparing us for is the miraculous. You may have noticed if you've been coming for a few months that we've been trying to give a bit more space in our worship time together. And as a result, we've been maybe entering into a a deeper intimacy, there's been a deeper revelation, maybe a deeper sense of God moving during our worship times. It's one of the reasons we've changed the service times back to what they used to be, so that we've got that 15 more minutes just to try and give a bit more space to, to what God is doing. You'll know that we are unashamedly and unapologetically Pentecostal. That means that we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. That means we believe in the power of miracles. That that means we believe that God will move in this place. And uh, and so we believe that God is shifting our focus a little bit in this next season to try and grasp hold of this miraculous a little bit more. And so uh, this morning's message uh, and what will happen throughout the rest of our service is like the next almost baby step as we try and tease out what is it that God is moving us into as a church. And you will get to be a part of it. How good is that? So I'm just going to pray and then we'll continue. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that you are already here. We thank you so much that you are God that wants to move in our lives. We thank you so much that you are all powerful, Lord Jesus, and that you are still powerful today, Lord, that you are the God who used to do miracles, who still does miracles and will continue to do miracles long into the future, Lord Jesus. And we thank you that you will move in this place this morning. And everyone said... Amen. Um, a little while ago at youth, um, I say a little while ago, it was pre-COVID. Now, I've, I can't remember, like, that's just a blur, isn't it? Anything pre-COVID now is just a blur. I had my first child during lockdown, which just makes the blur even more blurry. Um, so at youth, pre-COVID, could have been like two years ago, could have been 10 years ago, who knows. Um, there was a young person, and um, I need to make the point that they injured themselves before the night started. All right. The injury took place before they came to youth, just make that clear. And, um, and bless them, like, they're usually quite an active young person, they're very sporty, they'd usually be running around, jumping, part of the games. Um, but all night they had like, this limp going on on their ankle. Like the, the ankle was just like not, like, like they'd rolled it or they'd hurt it or something. So all night, like they're moping around a little bit and uh, me being the good holy youth pastor I was, spent the whole night teasing him, we're going to have to chop it off. You're never going to walk again, sort of thing. And um, all night, he'd been sort of moping around. And at the end of the night, he comes up to me and, and he's like, oh, Greg, can, can we just chat a little bit? I was like, yeah, of course. And uh, it gets worse for him because he had a sports tournament the next day and he's got his ankle done in, so he, he can't play. I'm like, oh, man, I'm so sorry to hear that. That's obviously not going to work out well for you. And I'm, I'm tr- basically, I'm trying to get the conversation to end so I can help the rest of the team set down after the night. And uh, and then he asked me the question, he says, Greg, do you believe in miracles and the power of healing? I was like, well, yes, I suppose I do believe in miracles and the power of healing. 
He was like, so will you pray for me, Greg? And um, in that moment, there was only really one thing I could do, <laughs> which was pray for him. I couldn't be like, no chance, mate. Um, and so we, we sat down, and like, with everything going on around us, there wasn't sort of the beautiful Chris Bright leading us in worship or anything in that moment. It was all the chaos of set down going on around us and, and balls being thrown and stuff like that. We, we sat down and um, placed my hands on his ankle, and, um, and we believed in that moment that God would heal him. So we pray, and we're like, all right then, um, mate, do you want to like, test this thing out, see if it's worked? And I kid you not, the guy leaped up and just started jumping around. Like literally just started jumping around. Now I'm, I'm not a doctor, you can applaud that. That is allowed, you're allowed to applaud that. I don't, I don't have the x-rays of like before and after, but I can tell you like the guy was moving like he'd never moved before. On the Sunday morning at church, he came straight up to me with the biggest smile on his face. I was like, they've blatantly won the sports tournament. I was like, how's it gone yesterday? He was like, we got knocked out at the first round. I was like, why are you so happy? He said, because I got to play, Greg. I got to play. An undeniable miracle took place in that young person's life on a Friday night during set down at youth. How good is that? So good. And um, I've got a handful of these stories that have taken place over missions, trips, and youth camps. And, and I reckon, just, like, just by show of hands, if you've ever um, seen a story like that, if you've been involved in a story, if, if you've been healed or you've, you've prayed for someone and they've been healed, like, give me a hands up if that's happened in your life at any point. Amazing. That's like 80%, 90% of the room. That's incredible, isn't it? Like, we believe in this thing. We've seen this thing outworked. Like, it, it works. It's not just empty words in the Bible or empty words from a preacher. Like, we've seen this stuff work out in our lives. Um, however, that brings me to one of the biggest tensions of being a follower of Jesus. And um, that's when I open up my Bible and I read some of the accounts of what Jesus did in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And, uh, and I see the extent of the miracles or the signs and the wonders that Jesus performed. I see how every encounter of his is laced with the miraculous, often in the form of healing. And I read of how people's lives were changed everywhere he went. And then I look at my own life, and all I have are a handful of stories from about a decade of these things popping up every now and then. And it's this tension I face. Because I'm like, why, why, don't, why don't I see the same level of the miraculous as Jesus did? Why is it only that I see it in, in pockets? And I won't do this, but I imagine if I ask you to raise your hands again um, and, and to see if we'd seen a miracle like that in the last week, probably wouldn't be the same level of response compared to our lifetime. And so I think if you're a follower of Jesus in, in the room today, it's probably a tension you face too, that you see maybe the level of the miraculous in your own life when you see what God has done in your own life in pockets now and then, and then you compare that maybe to what you read about in the Bible, and there's a difference, there's a tension. It's not quite the same magnitude or as often as we read about in the Bible. And so the question I'm hoping we can answer over the next 12 minutes or so, church, is what can we do to experience the miraculous more often? What can we do as followers of Jesus to experience more miracles, to see more signs and wonders, to work in this stuff more often? Are you ready to come on a bit of a journey with me, church? Are you ready to come on a bit of a journey with me, church? Come on. 
The first thing, the first thing I think we need to do to uh, experience more of the miraculous in our day-to-day is that we need to believe. This one's not rocket science. We need to believe. Everything we do as a follower of Jesus needs to be filled with faith. If we want to see something, we need to believe for it first. We, we need to understand in our heart's heart that God is calling us into this thing. We need to believe first. We need to believe that God wants us to walk in the miraculous. We need to believe that God can use us to heal people, that God can heal us. We need to believe it first. That's the first step we need to take. We need to believe. There's um, this Bible verse that I think if I wrote Greg's translation of the Bible, I wouldn't include this Bible verse. It's one of those Bible verses that every time I read it, I, just, I try and forget about it. You know, because it's, it's one of those, it's, it's like so challenging. It challenges me to the very core of my being. I'm like, I just wish you hadn't said that, Jesus. I just wish that that bit wasn't recorded or written down. Uh, the, the Bible verse is this. John 14, verse 12, Jesus speaking, he says this. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. I mean, that verse challenges me to my very core, because when we read about what Jesus did, there's like countless stories where he'd be faced with a whole crowd, and everyone in the crowd was healed. Literally, it says, and he healed all. There's no account of Jesus encountering sickness or someone coming to Jesus for healing and him not being able to heal them in that instant. There's no account of the sickness being too powerful for Jesus' power. There's no account of Jesus failing to heal someone, right? And then Jesus comes to us as followers of him and says, if you believe in me, not only should you do what I am doing, you should do even greater things than these. You know, when we read these accounts of Jesus, they they shouldn't form the ceiling of what we expect. That should be like our starting point. That should be our floor of what we expect. Because he comes to us and says, we are to do even greater things. But it blows my mind. Like, how could we possibly? Well, it starts with believing that God is actually calling us into this space. It starts with genuinely believing. Well, what can we do to increase our faith? What can we do to strengthen our belief? And I think one key thing we can do, um, Paul the Apostle wrote a few decades after Jesus spoke those words. In Romans 10, he says this, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. And I know what's true in my life is my faith is strengthened when I hear stories of other people's faith. When I hear how the miraculous is outworked in other people's life. When I hear about other people stepping out in faith and believing for healing and seeing it, that strengthens my own faith. That gives me a little bit more strength to believe that God might actually use me in the same way. And so my encouragement to you this morning, church, is to immerse yourself in these stories. Ask people about their faith stories. Listen to them. Take that in. I believe that God's going to move amongst us at the end of this message. Let that be fuel to your faith, that God could actually use you to walk in the miraculous. Let these things build your faith and and add fuel to your fire as we want to walk into the miraculous. Step number one, we need to believe. Step number two, everyone say step number two. We need to become uncomfortable. We need to become uncomfortable. Um, By way of analogy, uh, picture yourself in your workplace. 
picture yourself in your workplace, whether that be a classroom, a nursery, an office, a, uh, a shop, retail. Picture yourself in your workplace. And, um, and imagine a customer, uh, a colleague, a supplier walks into your workplace. And um, as they come through the door, they say the words, I've got a banging headache. Like not to abstract a thought, like that sort of thing happens relatively regularly. You're in your office and someone comes in, I've got a banging headache. Now, is it more comfortable to go over to them, lay hands on their head and believe that in that moment the headache will go? Or is it more comfortable to turn to your drawer, open up a box of paracetamol and say, take two of these with a glass of water, it'll be okay in 20 minutes? Which one's more comfortable? I'll tell you what, I know what I'd do, and it won't involve laying on a hand in my office. Because it's, it's so much more comfortable to, to turn to, to paracetamol over prayer, and I'm not knocking paracetamol, but it's so much more comfortable to, in those moments, maybe shrink back a little bit, to let them suffer with their headache, to let them go about their day without interrupting it, without, oh, I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable too, don't want to pressure them. It's so much more comfortable in those moments to uh, step back a little bit and just let the event play out without interrupting it. But uh, when I look at the life of Jesus, it wasn't really a life of comfort. He was persecuted, constant arguments, kicked out of cities, they tried to kill him a few times, then they eventually did. And, uh, and I don't think, as a follower of Jesus, that God is calling us to a life of comfort. In fact, Jesus himself speaking says, whoever wants to be my disciple in Matthew 16 must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Now that doesn't sound very comfortable. But Jesus isn't calling us to a life of comfort. He's calling us to a life of the miraculous. And uh, if I can be honest with you, church, I'm far too comfortable far too comfortable with my nine-to-five job and my mortgage and my family and my pension plan. Far too comfortable with my handful of evening activities that usually involve desperately praying that my son sleeps through the night. Far too comfortable coming to church and singing songs for 20 minutes and encouraging the preacher and then going home again. I'm far too comfortable with that, that style of life. And so my prayer this week has been that God, make me more uncomfortable. May I not be able to encounter someone with a headache without something burning deep within me. I could go over them and see something change in their life. May I not encounter someone who's got a sickness or pain without having that genuine faith to go over them and believe that they could be healed in a moment. May my comfort be disrupted. May I step out into the uncomfortable. Because I know this church, that um, for the miraculous to happen, it's going to happen outside my comfort zone. Otherwise, it wouldn't be very miraculous. And I think if we want to step out into this, we need to be willing to become a lot more uncomfortable. I think we need to be willing for this place to be more uncomfortable. For you to feel more uncomfortable as you come into this place, because you've got a burning desire in your heart to see something change in your life or the lives of those around you. And so for us to walk into the miraculous, we need to be willing to become more uncomfortable, to step out to believe that God could use us to be uncomfortable. Number one, we need to believe. Number two, we need to become uncomfortable. What are some ways 
that we can experience the miraculous, more of the miraculous in our day-to-day, not just in pockets at youth camps or conferences or missions trips, but what can we do in our lives to experience more of the miraculous in our day-to-day? And um, I've got one more point, and um, in truth, it's probably the point I wrestled with the most. Um, I didn't really want to share it, and then God said I had to, and he wins. Um, because it's a, it's, a really, it's a really tough point. And I, and I think it's, um, as I've been speaking, it's probably the, the one point that you might have had on your mind is, ah, but he hasn't thought about this one yet. And, um, and the third point is that we need to let go of our past. We need to let go of our past. Because um, I expect, in a room this size, there's probably been times that you've believed, times that you've prayed, maybe even fasted, and yet what you were praying for, you didn't see it happen. As a church in the past, we've prayed for people with illnesses, we've believed for people with illnesses, and, um, and we've not seen the results that we would have wanted to see. And loved ones, part of this family, have passed away. And I think that can be such such a big reason for not stepping out again in faith because of our past hurts and our past disappointments, which encourage us not to try it again, which encourage us to opt for the life of the comfortable rather than the uncomfortable. And although maybe we accept that these things are possible, we maybe choose not to walk in it or believe it for ourselves. And um, I'd love to have like a magic Bible verse that will help you in your pain or a key phrase that, you know, will solve all those problems, but I don't. And I'm very aware that there's nothing I could say in this moment that will do justice to the pain that you felt in the past. That there's, there's nothing I could say that would help explain why it didn't happen then, or why we didn't see what we wanted to see. Um, but what I will say is that this week, as this message has been on my mind, I've been praying for you. And I will continue to pray for you over the coming days and weeks. And my prayer has been that, that God would give peace to your pain. That God would help you overcome that difficulty, that concern, that pain from your past. And God will help you see a better, brighter future where you can walk in these things. Because what I would hate is for your reason of not experiencing the miraculous, of not experiencing signs and wonders, to be because of a bad experience in the past. And I know what's true from my own life is that I can't let, um, I can't let my theology and my beliefs be based on my past experience. Because my past experience is fraught with sin and wrongful thinking and pride and not really knowing what I was doing and immaturity. Um, there's only one thing that I choose to base my life on and that's this book here, and that's the words of this book. And so I can't begin to imagine maybe the pain that some of you have felt in the past as these things may or not have worked out the way you wanted them to. But my prayer for you is that, that you find peace in that, and that despite your pain, you can move forward and still see these things outworked in the future. That's my prayer for you. Um, at a, a leadership team meeting a few weeks ago, um, 
this was really on our hearts as we were praying that God would move us in the miraculous. And um, so we prayed for people in the room as part of our leadership team who were experiencing sickness or illness at the time. And um, Chaz Poole was one of them. And uh, Chaz had been experiencing dizziness. And um, are you in the room, Chaz? I can't see. He is. There he is. Um, Chaz, are you experiencing dizziness anymore? I mean, that's pretty cool, hey? And uh, credit to Steph, who we saw on the screen earlier in the kids' team, because, I mean, they've been walking in this ahead of us, church. At their recent um, week-long kids' club over half-turn, uh, Steph felt really, really powerfully that she wanted to empower her kids to go out and believe for the miraculous. And so what she did is she got um, the kids to stand up if someone in their family was sick. And so uh, loads of kids stood and they prayed for those kids. And the prayer was that those kids would go out as the healing hands of Jesus and they'd see miracles in their family. Well, we had a report back this week that one of those families that has been battling something for a really long time had been to the doctors and for the first time in ages, the results looked positive, change had occurred as a result of those prayers. Why? Because we believe this thing works. And we believe that as we hear these stories and as we begin to step out in faith and credit to Anne and Chaz who run on Monday night prayer and they're all over this sort of thing, that as we step out and believe for the miraculous, we will actually see it. But it starts with stepping out. It starts with believing that as you do so, God might just move. God might just move. Will you stand with me, church? because um, we are we're going to finish this part of our service at the moment but um, what we couldn't do is preach a message like this and then not give us an opportunity to actually respond to it um, and so we're going to respond and um, thank you to our guest services team who have created extra space at the front to help facilitate this this morning um, because we want to pray for you and we've got a ministry team that we've uh, collated that are some really experienced hands who see far more miracles than I see and who genuinely believe that God will move in this moment. And uh, so we're going to pray for two groups of people. Uh, the first group of people is like you've got an actual sickness, physical, mental pain in your body right now. And um, that might be diagnosed with a, a fancy Latin name and some drugs you take, or it might be undiagnosed, but a genuine pain nonetheless that impacts your life. Um, we want to pray for you in this moment and believe that you will actually be healed and leave this place not suffering the same way you came in. And uh, the second group of people we want to pray for are those that maybe you've got a friend or a family member who's not here this morning, but they're suffering with a sickness or an illness or pain and you've got faith that they could be healed because guess what? God's healing power isn't limited by distance. And, uh, and so we want to lay, lay hands and stand alongside you and believe that, that you will see a healing in their life as well. And so those are the two groups we're going to pray for. And um, what I would say is if, if it's you and you've got the physical pain, sickness, um, then if you could sort of congregate towards this side, that would just help us know what we're praying for. And if you're standing in the gap for a friend or family member, if you could sort of congregate on this side again, that would just help us as a team um, know what we're praying for. Um, but in a moment, we're going to call you forward and genuinely believe that we will see signs and wonders in this place. How exciting is that? And hey, if, if you're a believer in, and that doesn't apply to you, but you're in your, in your chair, like 
don't be a spectator, but pray from where you are that we would see something move. If you're not a believer, well, then this message has probably sounded quite radical. And I just encourage you, like, have an open heart and an open mind and, and maybe just see what God will do in this moment. Because it might just be that he shifts something in your thinking as well. And uh, so I'm going to pray and then the band will sing. And then if either of those two groups apply to you, I'm just going to ask that you come forward and we'll see some miracles here. So right now, Lord Jesus, again, we thank you that you are here. We thank you that you are calling us into a miraculous space, Lord Jesus. We thank you that you are a God who moves so powerfully, Lord Jesus. And we pray over the last few moments in our service, Lord, that you would move in us and through us, Lord Jesus, that we would see genuine miracles, that we would see your power outworked in a new way, in a fresh way this morning, Lord Jesus, and that, that you would heal people right now in this building, Lord Jesus. That is our prayer, Lord Jesus. And if either of those groups apply to you, now is your opportunity to come forward.